everyone. Welcome to the Star Wars Rebels After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Season 3, episode 13, 14, 12, no one really knows. It is entitled Warhead, however, and we are going to be breaking down that episode, talking about it, and all of our thoughts and predictions for the future in just a moment. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. On Star Wars Rebels is very confusing. For the record, if anyone is confused as to why I am confused, it's because depending on what source you look at, it says different things. Because some instances count like those double episodes in the beginning as one episode. Some don't even count them as episodes. They call them TV no. movies. So nobody literally ever knows what the actual no. episode number is. No. I feel like there's one actual thing that Disney set down, sure. and just some people went with that, and some people were like. But I'm pretty sure that the Disney XD app versus, like, Disney XD, the channel, actually say different numbers. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 It's a time. It doesn't matter, though, guys, because, well, you know, if, the, the actual number of the episode is pretty irrelevant. If, if <laughs> I can't get the numbering straight, though, I'm very concerned as to the, the canon explanation <laughs> later on. Well, <laughs> we just had an interesting discussion with somebody who's just finished watching all the Star Wars films for the first time <laughs> and was also very confused about the order of things sequentially. Hey guys, welcome to the Star Wars Rebels After Show. Far less confusing than the numbering of the episodes, we hope anyway. Uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, remember you can also check us out on iTunes. Uh, and if you're over on iTunes, you know, subscribe. Leave us a review. Take us on the go. If you do leave us a review, we'll say nice things about you uh, on the podcast, which we're going to do on this episode. And I really appreciate the new review that we have this week, by the way. Uh, yes. And then uh, if you are listening on iTunes, remember you can also watch us live on YouTube as well and watch it, you know, archived on YouTube if you can't be awake at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time on Sunday nights to watch us talk about Star Wars Rebels in real time. For those of you who are watching, we are uh, following along with the live discussion as well as the hashtag ABTV Rebels. Allow me to introduce the fabulous panel of ladies seated here at the table this evening, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. Megan Salinas. Hey, guys. You can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Joelle Monique. Hey, guys. I'm Joelle Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Meekin every week at blackgirlnerds.com. And I'm Emma Fife. I can be found all over the internet at my name, Emma Fife. I like to keep it very simple. Uh, yeah, so let's let's talk about this episode, guys, yes. because I felt going into it, so obviously we knew that this episode was going to be centered around Chopper, AP5, and Zeb being left behind while everybody else went off on some important mission. <laughs> so going into the episode, I mean, number one, I, I adore all three of those characters. So yes. I was excited from that perspective. However, going into it, I sort of thought we might be getting kind of a like wacky fillery sort of episode and I was I was very pleasantly surprised to find that that was not the case. Yeah, yeah. actual plot heavy stuff in a droid that is full on terrifying. Yeah. That's yes. like the Decepticon from hell, you oh guys. Oh my god, yes oh. it totally is. No, and, and that's something I really appreciated about this episode is I watched it and I was looking at the beats and I was like, this feels like an episode of Transformers Prime and mm -hmm. I do not and, and I mean that with the utmost Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, was, yeah. it was thrilling. Uh, the, when he started transforming, I was like, oh, we are... It, it, it's like uh, when T2 comes and you're like, yeah! there's, no, there's no way yes! anything is worse than Terminator. And then uh, it, it's just so destructive and so wholly uh, 
uh, forceful and, and just upon you all of a sudden. And, and how do you escape this thing? It's a great <laughs> challenge for Zeb. I was really excited. Yeah, that well, was. And they went full horror movie for a little oh, while there totally with the shots, did. the music, the framing, all of it was just like, oh, <laughs> shoot. Yeah. It's yeah. going around killing other droids and cannibalizing their parts. This is a horror movie. Yeah, I, I thought it was an incredibly, like, well put together episode, particularly as you say, Katie, from that standpoint of like playing with that genre of horror, which is something that that is, you know, fairly prevalent in the Star Wars universe. As you know, we see a lot of things that are meant to like sort of invoke that kind of fear in you, especially the first time that you see it and then having it immediately vanish into the unknown. It's kind of like um, in Empire Strikes Back. Like I was so terrified the first time that the Wampa attacked. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you just like sort of see it for a second and you're like, what even happened? <laughs> or, like, well, that uh. it's the same thing with the uh, the rancor. Yeah, like, you, you don't see it when it when it first kills someone in uh, Return of the Jedi, and then when you actually see it, like, oh yay, there's a lot of buildup there. Yeah, and I mean, even though like we had a little bit of intel, obviously, because Fulcrum was communicating with Zeb, saying like, yo. There are these, and, and the episode even starts with them being like, yep, we launched all these, you know, I- Imperial infiltrator droids out into space, and we haven't heard back from this one. Uh, even though, as a viewer, you had some sort of sense of, okay, obviously there is some sort of threat that is posed with this droid who shows up seemingly harmless at the very beginning of the episode um, on At- At- Atolon, the planet that they're on, and... Uh, but even still, like, when it made that transformation, that was still freaking terrifying to me. Yes. It's just like, oh, the difficulty level just ratcheted up a bunch. This yeah. is stage two of the boss fight. Absolutely. Also watching how it learned and establishing, like, oh, it's a pretty fast learner. And at first you're like, yeah, little robot, dude, that's awesome. Because now every time, they, like, we get a new character, I'm like, oh, maybe they'll become a rebel now. So I was kind of excited. I was like, this yeah. is, like, a fun, like, storyline, potentially. Well, and then the change up, and I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> and now we're in hell. Absolutely. Yes. And especially because they did initially present him as a protocol droid. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, like, being a protocol droid that... That could potentially be extremely useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've seen from from various pieces of Star Wars media that turned Imperial droids can be not only exceedingly useful, but really endearing <laughs> and entertaining and fun. Um, and like, and so you're like, oh hey, this could be a very good thing. Like, yeah. we can pull a lot of useful information from this guy. Yeah. Well, and this is a world with battle droids and especially destroyer droids that you've seen a lot of droids that can cause a lot of destruction. Protocol droids are the most useful but hilariously non-threatening droids yes. out there. So to have this one that shows up and looks like a protocol droid and all of a sudden and walks it's a death like on C-3 wheels. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. No, it's true. And I mean, even when it's AP5... It's like hiding a scorpion inside a kitten. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And, and even when AP5 initially, like, examines this droid when it is in its mm. protocol droid face, first of all, his reaction to Zeb bringing it into the inventory room <laughs> is, this is inventory, not the trash compactor. <laughs> and then immediately follows up with, oh, it's some sort of, like, old protocol droid. Like, they don't even make things like this anymore. So, I mean, you go in with... I mean... And again, even knowing that there are these, like, these awful infiltrator, like, demon destructoid droids, like, out in space somewhere, it's still, because exactly of the way that it's presented, you're like, this is some, like, you know, hunk of junk sort of old protocol droid that has some useful skills, but isn't exactly, like, a combat 
threat. And and no. the way we're introduced to it too, it gets taken out by the the, the spider spiders. Thing. Yeah, and it's like I can't give away my position. I can't do anything. Did you yeah. notice that it took out a bunch of the spiders as well? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like three of them. <laughs> yeah. I think I sort of look to the side for that because I I sort of agree that, you know, with Megan, to your point of we've seen Imperial droids sort of like rehabilitated and (laughs) become really useful. And I and I enjoyed in this episode, like what a high opinion of himself AP5 has. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) The salt level coming from AP5 was so amazing. There were so many just, like, sick burns on his part. (laughs) He kind of fully developed into a Marvin the Martian slash Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide. Yes. Very angry. Very Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide, for sure. He's 3PO, except instead of despair, he has anger. Mm. When the ship's going off, he's sitting there going, where's the kaboom? Yeah. 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 supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. <laughs> Just the forgive the delayed reaction. I'm surprised that you had an actual so good funny. idea. <laughs> so wonderful. Dang! Yeah. Yep. Oh, Zeb no. keeps this cool pretty well because I feel like if this had been Ezra saying these things instead of a droid bot. Ezra would have gotten like, punched in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have escalated to violence much sooner. So kind of proud of Zeb. But he kind of really showed himself out in this leadership well, role. He did, was, yeah. And that was the thing. I think if also if Hera had been here, he would have been quicker to like punch you know sucker yeah. punch the droid because he's not the one in charge right um with Hera leaving him behind and saying you're my security officer it's your responsibility to make sure yeah. nothing happens to the base while I'm gone that's a big burden to put on his shoulders yeah, yeah. and I liked too that you know as soon as the infiltrator droid like did reveal itself that AP5 had the reaction of oh we need to contact ha- Captain Sadula and He's like, no, there's no time for that. And then he finally kind of exactly like comes to terms with the fact that, no, Hera left me here because she trusts me. She needed someone here who can think outside of a droid box. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, and also there's no time for that makes perfect sense because in the time it would take for Hera to get the message, disengage from the training, not simulation, exercise, come back, land, and get a sit rep, it's like, no, yeah, things they, will have already gone to hell at this point. There seems to be a lot of rubbing off of it. It's Rex is the clone he's been like hanging out with, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It seems like maybe this is uh, wearing off from like Rex and their kind of military training that he's getting yeah. side by side. Like there was a lot of forethought where it's a lot of before, you know, he's a very reactionary character. He is, yeah. And so it was really cool to see him be like, think things like four steps through and be sure. like, okay, we got to pivot here and, and make smart decisions. And formulate a strategy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, he was a member of the Royal Guard on this planet, wasn't he? he? Yeah. He yeah, was, but even he was still, a very high up. Yeah. yeah. But even still, in these moments, and from what we've seen of him even last season, like, he's great, like, in the field, but he never... I would say never, but like to see him. He's not like an in captain. the war room yeah, type he's, person. Yeah, I was going to say, he, and he's rarely in a sort of leadership position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I mean, you know, if you're talking sort of like an RPG party, like this is your <laughs> tank. You know what exactly. I mean? Like he's there to deal damage and take damage, <laughs> as AP5 basically says. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, is that like for all the shade that AP5 was throwing at Zeb, like. It's not wrong. It's just like brutally honest. <laughs> it's like those type of things where it's like somebody close to you says that and you're like, 
that really oh. hurt. Oh. Uh. Yeah. But um, that I talking about how you know this episode focused on these characters. I I didn't realize that like that was going to be the main focus of yeah. this episode. So when he's getting left behind, I was just sitting here going. Man, I really am ready for him to be a part of the plot again because yeah. he's been captured, he's been on the sidelines, he's been on B missions. Like, I yeah. would really appreciate a Zeb focused episode again. Yeah. And that's exactly what we got. And it was a very satisfying one, too. Exactly. And it didn't necessarily have to be like, I keep going back to this last season, but his whole, oh, we found our new planet, oh, we found our new this. It's like, yeah, that was a really good Zeb episode, but that was also like really far and left field and just kind of stayed for out sure, there. For sure, for sure. This is way more in his wheelhouse. It is, and 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 so integrate in integral, integral. There we go to the the plot. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like they didn't. This was not a space whales episode. You know yeah, what I mean? and, like, and and there thank were, God. space whales was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Space whales. That's my favorite. Doctor Who burned me out on space whales, and so after that, it's just like we have space whales, and I'm like, yeah, all right. Ezra Beastmaster is a lot of fun to watch. Yes, I agree. But like with the with the you know that the ending that we get to this episode, there are lasting consequences to what happened. Absolutely, and that's what I appreciate about it too. Is that if that hadn't happened, this could have been seen as filler. Like, oh, it's just a yeah. thing that happened at the base one day. Um, but you know, and it's AP five and Zeb getting to know each other. But like, because of what happens as a result of this protocol droid, like. They are now squarely in Thrawn's sights, almost, or at least his scope is very much narrowed down. They're like, oh, okay, we're going to be able to figure this out a lot easier. Yeah, totally. And I loved the inevitability of all of that. I, I love being able to see Callus kind of play both sides very, you know, very light touch, but playing both sides and be like, okay, well, hopefully they can handle themselves. This is all I can do for you. Yeah. And then for Thrawn, like, no matter what, that droid was going to land on that planet mm. and they were going to be in the Empire's sights, regardless of how it ended. This was the best possible outcome, but the best possible outcome still brings Thrawn closer to them. Genius yeah. Thrawn is my favorite. Like, I really <laughs> like him just being, like, excellent. And, and uh, to just have uh, other dudes standing there and be like, so you're kind of smiling here, and I'm not understanding. Like, a lot of people die. So, <laughs> well, he's like, 94 planets. I've got it narrowed down. I have yeah. a plan of and, attack now, which is really kind of terrifying because the closer Thrawn gets, the more I'm like, how do you. He knows your every move. And yeah. uh, we were talking about this um, before, before, right after we watched the episode, of like in certain episodes where you look at Thrawn you know, knowing what everybody is doing mm. before they're doing it, and you're like, that doesn't really make much sense why he knows that. He's just randomly but, omniscient, which is like, but, yeah, but okay. But here, right. you see the logical progression of his steps, and these episodes are the type where you're like, wow, Thrawn is a genius. Yeah, and I think that that, I think that this was done sort of intentionally, you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. obviously, like, up to this point, everyone's being like, how does he freaking know these things? <laughs> and then now we're starting to get a little bit of a reveal that like he really is taking a lot of steps to make everyone's business his business. He's the scariest well, I, thing is he's patient. Yes! Yeah. Yes! He's so willing to just <laughs> wait to find out who you are and there's no ruffling his feathers unless no. you have some stuff to say about art. He, 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 he's, he's a, a Komodo dragon. 
fucking, he bites you and then waits 60 days for you to die of infection. Dude, I was like real nervous. Like uh, heart palpitations when he had, in that last scene with him and Callus. I was Mm. like, oh, especially when Callus was like, well, you seem like pretty cool about (laughs) this loss. And I was like, oh, no, he knows. He knows. He's going to kill him. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> well, like, I, I know, think like, when Callus goes down at the hands of Thrawn, it's not going to be a last 30 seconds of the episode maneuver. Uh, it is going it to was. be. <laughs> this isn't Game of Thrones. It's I mean, Game of Thrawn. Not, not yet, anyway. <laughs> but, but no, you like, didn't I, boo me for a pun. I'm very happy. I mean, we're talking about Callus dying. And that just the inevitability of that just makes my heart sink so much. Yeah. And like, in that moment when he sees the ship go down and you just see that little bit of a smile, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to miss he's him. He's going to give himself away. Do you guys yeah. think that um, Cal's, or that Thrawn knows? He knows that it's someone on the ship. Yeah. I don't think he knows that it's Callus quite yet. But I would not be surprised if Callus was on his short list of candidates. I, yes. yes. I, I agree 100%. I feel like he has a list of suspects mm-hmm. in his mind. 94 and, of them. And it's, <laughs> it's, well, no, it's just like it's just like what we see with the systems here and, and the ships. Yeah. He's like, here's, my, here's the web of possibilities. Yeah. And through deductive reasoning, we will find out who it actually is and we don't know how much evidence Thrawn actually has right. in terms of his list of suspects but you know he's the type of person that isn't going to be emotionally swayed right. when it comes to a particular person like there are so many people within the Empire who just because they didn't like Callus would put him on like sure, a, sure, sure. You yeah. know, on a list of suspects and I think too you could almost say that things like the events of this episode and then Thrawn having a conversation with Callus about it is it's absolutely part of his process of elimination. Because exactly. as we say, he definitely knows it's someone on the inside, but I don't think he knows exactly who, and he's just playing his cards and patiently waiting it out. And yeah, It is a Game of Thrones real. maneuver. Yeah. If I give different information to literally everyone, mm. yep. I know who had the information that the Rebels got. Odds yep. are. Yep. Yeah. And we have a, oh, sorry, go oh, ahead. we have a theory in chat from oh. Hero seventy five. I think Thrawn knows Callus is the rebel spy, and he's going to use him to give false information to position the rebels where he wants them. Oh. Yes, <laughs> I, I, you know he would. Age. You know if he figures it out and doesn't immediately take out Callus, mm. he will just feed him absolute false well, information. Well, and I think if he, I think even if, I, I mean, I, I do think that that is possible that he does know. Let's put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if that turned out to be the case and I completely agree with that theory that as soon as he knows who Fulcrum is it's like he's he's gonna feed them all kinds of false information to feed to the rebels. Exactly. Well and Thrawn's such a sadist in his punishments as we yes. saw with the bike it's incident where he's like Just stay on the bike it's I'm, fine. Yep no I'm, I'm going to let you know that you're about to kill yourself essentially and I'm gonna just enjoy the time it takes for you to realize this and I feel like he's definitely going like the best way to hurt Callum is to have Rebels die because of the information he feeds oh, yeah. and, like, and like make him watch. Yeah. Yeah. And there's more than one fulcrum yeah. is the thing. There are a lot of people using that alias. Right. Callus is just the one we know. Yeah. So then it becomes one of our fulcrums is compromised. We don't know which one. Yeah. How can we trust any of these transmissions that we're getting? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. That makes it a much bigger rebellion-wide problem. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting. I, I will say that, you know, especially like seeing the scene between Callus and Thrawn, to me, this confirmed that like Callus and Thrawn are not working together secretly. I mean, all but confirmed. Let's let's put yeah. it that way. Do because people I know, think they are? I, I know there was some discussion about oh. like, we don't know if Callus is like 100% on the good guy team now. I, I Which is fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Prior to this episode, because we, we hadn't, we don't, yeah, prior to this, like, there I mean, was we enough did, room for doubt. Exactly. We did see Callus help get, like, Ezra and uh, and, and Kanan out that one time, where exactly. he's like, guys, listen to me, I'm Fulcrum, like, totally on, the I'm totally on your side. And Sabine. they reward him by throwing him through a window. Yeah. Make it look convincing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Plus, it's not like he didn't try to murder them more than once, oh, no, and definitely did. killed other other rebels more yeah, than yeah, months. So it's yeah. like, we're working with you, but we don't have to like you. Yeah, yeah. But it just, it, 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 I'm now like even more intrigued sort of at, as to what the sort of level of involvement Callus is having like as yeah. an inside man. And there's only so much he can do to, um, you know, to avoid detection Sure, as well. sure. So like, I'm not even sure where he's sending these secret transmissions from because he's on an Imperial ship most yeah. of the time. Yeah, it's like, does he have like a secret broom closet that he's just like, <laughs> he's just stapling soundproof into the walls. I love it. Sir, what are you doing? You don't need to know. Uh, now uh, Sir, so you're not a not a Jedi. I don't really know why you're doing that thing with Yes, I am. <laughs> Maybe a couple like of the Imperial guards, they they actually have their own secret radio show in like one of those closets. Yes. And he's like, guys, I need to borrow that. Just for yeah. like 15 minutes. Yeah. I hope that's cool. Yeah, and then he also records just like little PSAs for the for like the Empire. Oh my god. <laughs> he records the week's menu. Today yeah. is Taco Tuesday. <laughs> so people's like, oh, he's in the recording booth, whatever. He must have forgot the, the menu must have changed yeah, today. Yeah. And he's like it's secretly like, going, it's ah. like the Imperial Cafe hotline. <laughs> just does, does the voiceover for it. Well, everybody's in the cantina, like it's acting out the idiots. Yeah, and then, and then they're, and then he, but because he's like also recording all the fulcrum stuff, they're like, man, he always says the menu so fast. Like I don't understand. He's, he's in there for hours. Efficient. Yeah, he knows that some of you stand in line for trays and go wet, wet. This one's wet. Like just take a tray, just take a tray. So good. Uh, yeah. Okay. So this was one thing though that I I did notice about the episode. So. Uh, so EXD9, who was the infiltrator droid, so he's like he's down on the planet. They wake him up. He immediately starts analyzing everything. He can do the inventory just by looking at it. Unlike AP5, who it seemed like was going to count everything manually. Yeah, <laughs> which he's thorough. Which yeah. looks like it was going to drive him crazy too, because I, the rations are by the warheads. <laughs> Listen, I was I really feel feeling like, him on that. By the yeah. way, I feel no. like organization is therapeutic for him. I like, totally agree. It's driving him crazy now because they just threw everything in there. But right. it's like when you organize your sock drawer right. and everything's color coded, and you kind of go. It's only a matter of time until the cat destroys this. But for now, I'm happy. I, like, actually legitimately, when you said organized your sock drawers, like, by color, like, I felt my body be like, oh, yes. So good. <laughs> my cat absolutely reaches into my drawers and scatters things on my floor. Doesn't try That's to get so in weird. them. Just reaches in there, pulls things out, and leaves them. So I'm just like... I am an agent of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Winter. Right. Stop it. Right. So basically, so, AP5 is you, and the rest of the rebels are your cat. Chopper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so I mean, like the so basically, the, in his protocol droid form, he seems 
really useful. Zeb really likes him because he's better at AP5's job that he's attempting to do than AP5 is, and he also doesn't like Chopper. Um, <laughs> adorable bonding moment for the two of them. It was, yeah. And, and even AP5, when he realizes, like, mm, you can be my assistant. Like, when he yeah. realizes how much easier he's going to make his job, he's like, we are going to get along swimmingly. Yeah, no, I could have watched a whole episode of, like, AP5 and this droid doing inventory. <laughs> Because I just, I love AP5. I think he's such a fun character. I and I love Stephen Stanton's, like, sort of, you know, uh, um, deadpan Alan delivery. Rick- Alan Rickman esque uh, performance. Yes. Oh, Pretty great. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so, so you know, we're, again, it's like we first meet him and he's like, it's really fun. And then, you know, Zeb comes in and he's like, he's, uh, he's one of the Imperial Infiltrator droids. Like, they were sent here to, sent here to spy on us. And, the way that this droid like activates battle mode <laughs> is oh by God. hearing the word rebel. rebel. Oh. So here's my question. If they had never used the word rebel, they never if they were revealed. just like Phoenix Squadron, like if they just used other terms and never actually <laughs> used the word rebel, would it have to like I kind of wish that they had had to have said like Phoenix Squadron yeah. or something a little more challenging than Rebel. Rebel base. The, yeah. Um, I I, I feel like it would have happened eventually no matter what Mm -hmm. because I mean if like through context clues this droid would would have been able to pick up on some other bit of dialogue that would have jogged his memory sure that was the thing it was just he was just missing a particular synapse to fire off basically sure I still feel like we would have had a much stronger moment if they would have been I don't know like, well, if it had been, like, a, a better code word. That, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, just because it, it seems unlikely that you would say rebels, at least yeah. clearly enough. Or, um, or find something, yeah, that given the rebels show, only say. Yeah, I mean, the title of the show is Star Wars Rebels, so. <laughs> but, yeah, find it some some piece of rebel chatter that yeah. constantly yeah. gets picked up by Imperials. The moment becomes kind of cliche because all of a sudden he says rebels, and I'm like, no, this is not going to end well. Like, why are you tipping your hand? To well, yeah. you guys have definitely confirmed is Imperial, or not. or if he was able to scan somebody's face that's like in the Imperial database oh, and it's like you. yeah, yeah, like because like, he scanned because he scanned Zeb and like yeah. they know who Zeb is mm-hmm. exactly. But if he couldn't access his memories, like if that was that's true, then the database scan might not have worked out. I was actually okay with that being the trigger because sometimes that's all it takes is something really simple. Yeah, and it's a bot with memory damage. That's true. Yeah, I mean it. It didn't bother me that much it was just for me I feel like dramatically I know what they were trying to set up where like Chopper and AP5 don't know that he's an infiltrator droid and so they're still like hanging out with him like planning to do inventory (laughs) and then you know Zeb approaches and is like stop and in that moment is when when AP5 says Oh, you're gonna like help me get this rebel base organized. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, can I just say too that like when he actually does transform, like robots mm. with like elongated mm-hmm. limbs. Yes. Elongated limbs that like don't match up with like proper humanoid proportions right. are scary. No, as he hell. was he was real scary. The two hands. The blender like, hands. Yeah. The blender hands. Just like that that on one hand that's really really funny and on the other hand it's like oh god I would not want that oh, to hit me in the face that's that's gonna leave a mess yeah no I, I agree I I thought that the fight scenes with this droid were just 
so cool. cool. They were so well animated. You know what I mean? And I mean, so much of kind of the big battle action that we see in Star Wars in general Mm -hmm. is so focused on lightsaber fights. And that was one of the things that was like really refreshing about Rogue One was it was like, no, this is like guerrilla warfare. (laughs) Yeah. And this was like sick combat maneuvers, but not with a lightsaber. Yeah. Like yeah. Zeb had the, has that like sort of bow staff like weapon. Staff. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. redirecting the weapon. current like, "Oh, this is bad." Like oh, wow. Yeah. Uh. And I and I loved that, you know, Zeb was like, "I'm going to shoot him." And AP5's like, "Ooh, not a great plan. There's a lot of explosives here." And Zeb's like, "Great. I'm going to grab him." <laughs> and then can you deactivate him? And he's like, of course I can. And also he's like, you're going to grab him. Yeah. Good plan. There was definitely parts where I'm like, Zeb, you're going to get yourself hurt here. Like, you're definitely yeah. going to be, like, when he landed on his back, I was concerned that yeah. maybe he had broken his back. Sure, sure. That's no, fair. You know what? Still part a kid of, show. You yeah, know what part of this, though, that um, made me more terrified than anything mm. was the fact that he was able to smack Chopper across the, the room oh, and into a yeah. wall. And I was like, Oh, you just kicked the cat. Oh my god. But like backtracking to when they first encountered this droid and Zeb's like, all right, let's like take it in. And Chopper just like starts to try to bash the head. <laughs> so funny. And part of me was like, well, we would have, you know, ended up saving ourselves a lot of grief if Chopper had just bashed the head in to begin with. <laughs> the Empire would have come looking for it. That is true. That is very like, true. That was the big problem. Yes, is they're yes. going to come find it. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, basically they're like, oh, we haven't heard from this droid in uh, recently, and Callus is like, um, pause. If we pursued every, like, blip in communications, we would have nothing else to do. So, like, just give it a day, and it's going to be fine. <laughs> shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. I got to get yeah, to exactly. that radio station. <laughs> no, so also, bad. I forgot to record today's menu, so I'm going to go take care of that right now. <laughs> I will be right back. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then this is what I'm talking about with it feels a lot like an episode of Transformers Prime with the way that they choose to resolve this issue. Yes! Uh, because there, there's an episode of Transformers where it's the same thing. They get a hold of laser beak, and they're like, it's trying to go back. What are we gonna do? This is an opportunity, right? Let's let's take advantage of this. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of the time that they sent the mimic back and stuck a bomb on him. No, I they've mean, done it more than once. Yeah, it's the yeah. exact same thing. They they planted a virus in it and then they put a bomb in it at, to act as a distraction so that they could get the virus. Yeah, up. It yeah. Was really, I, I it mean, was brilliant. I mean, for me in this episode, like as soon as the you know the bomb was basically activated and Chopper froze it which thank goodness Chopper is extremely useful in this situation uh that was my immediate reaction when they were like okay well it's gonna explode one way or another we now should have some time to get it far away from here uh though part of me was like part of me was like wait so AP5 being able to like reprogram all the stuff was completely dependent on like chopper freezing its heart basically <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> and and like just the fact that ap5 is, is like that he's like oh what's it doing he's like it appears to be counting down yeah. counting hmm. down to what? to what things never count down to good stuff that's true <laughs> unless party. it's new year's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's debatable. <laughs> For any kids listening, New Year's is pretty underwhelming. <laughs> Look, we're still within the first month of 2017. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying good. real hard. I appreciate that optimism. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep Doing it going. my best. Uh, it's going to die on the 21st, but that's okay. I'm yeah. still trying. Uh, anyway. Hey, uh, politics. Yeah. Uh, but... That again, it was like it was the the rebel base thing. I was like, okay, <laughs> and the AP five can do anything thing also kind of made me go, okay. And I love AP five. Like, don't like he is in like easily my top five droids of all of Star Wars, <laughs> possibly my top three. Like, yeah. to be totally honest, yeah, I just love him. Um, yes. And I and again, and I I know I've said this before. Like, I just love that in AP5 and Chopper we have like the most opposite of R2-D2 and C-3PO you could possibly get. In a good way. Like yeah. we have a scrappy dog and a slightly neurotic owner and then here we have like the most angry feral cat and <laughs> the angry old guy who's taking care of him while mom's away for right, the weekend. Right, who also thinks he knows better than everybody else. Yes. Well, and I, I, I just love, love that like again in, in recent Star Wars media the, they're mm. trying to have droids that differentiate themselves from R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yeah, I totally agree. And so we get, you know, in Chopper, AP5, and in K, yeah. uh, K2OS, the, you know, we get droids that are cranky, but personality-wise, they are all still very distinct. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I totally still agree. not people, according to this universe. <laughs> that is, I know, that's so true. I have to tell you, though, that droids being able to deactivate other droids is uh, something I gotta keep in the back of my brain, because that would have made a, a fight we had on Pencils and Parsecs go a lot faster. Oh. <laughs> I would, for anybody that watched uh, Pencils and Parsecs on Friday, I might have not run away to try to get our weapons uh, if I thought of that, so I'm storing that in my, that little in my nut- databank. I mean, this episode hadn't aired yet. How That's true! Know? How was I supposed to know? <laughs> I, I don't mind AP5 being able to do everything, no, because I, he's so rare on the show. It's true. If he was in every episode and able to do everything, it would get real old real fast. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I mean, there there are certainly plenty of things that I'm sure are outside of his, you know, range of capabilities, but I, I like that he's like kind of arrogant for a reason. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he's good at what he does. Yeah. That's, that's why he's allowed to be as pompous as he is. Yeah. And I and because no one really cares enough to try to... <laughs> that's so, I know. It's so true. It's so true. Because no one is as impressed with AP5 as AP5 is with himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and this is why I really felt for Zed in this episode. Because, again, as you said, I love AP5, but I'm like... Poor Zeb, he finally gets an episode, and he, and he spends most of it getting insulted to his face. He does, but then, I mean, he spends one... most of a lot of other episodes getting insulted That's to true. his face. That's true. Like, this is Tuesday. And also, like, he, and, and what I appreciate is that he's the one, he stepped up to the plate into more of a leadership role where he had to, like, make plans and decisions that ultimately were good plans and decisions. Uh, and when they sort of reprogrammed the droid to go back to the Star Destroyer that it came from to, you know, blow it up, basically, which worked out great for them. Initially, it was just going to transmit back. Yeah. And and basically, AP5 was like, oh, that's a transmitter. It's just going to send the information back because the plan was like, okay, it needs to get back there before it can upload its data. But if it's just transmitting it, potentially, it could happen instantaneously. And then Zeb shoots the transmitter. 
Yeah, and and he like a little cute, yeah. and then he does this little cute celebration joke, yeah. which is like that's adorable. But I really appreciate this episode too because it's like this is, I mean, and we saw it when they were on the ice planet together, but like. Callus and Zeb really do work really well together. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They really do. I love it. I kind of want them to have a bromance episode, like another one. Another like, one. Like, I, I, I want the team up ago. episode. Yeah, but I don't think Callus is going to survive long enough for that. Uh, like I real mean, talk, he's not making uh, it out of there alive. As much oh, as we want him to come be no. a rebel with everyone else. He's Bronn's mm-hmm. gonna find out. He's gonna feed him false information. Oh then he's gonna God. make Callus watch rebels die, and then Callus is gonna feel bad and jump off a bridge, and, and it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> I know that he's gonna jump. I off love a that bridge. it always ends in jump air for you. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, he's gonna jump off a bridge to the tune of Les Miserables <laughs> and the stars. stars. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's gonna jump off a bridge into space, hence the stars. <laughs> Oh, Out the airlock, goodbye. Oh, man. It's going to be terrible. I just terrible. made myself sad. Uh, you do this to yourself, you yes. realize. Yep. On yep. the occasions yep. where I don't do it to you. Yep. 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 Uh, any other uh, things you guys want to talk about before I give a little iTunes shout out here? Um, just, I just really enjoyed this. Yeah, I again, like, I again, I went into this episode thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. I love all three of these characters. And then it was fun and it was scary. Uh, that astromech droid got destroyed by yeah, the cannibalizing. Uh, yeah, ripped And then we got to watch Joke. it cannibalizing another one. Like, holy oh. moly. Yeah. And the fact that it was leaking. I don't think I've ever seen a droid leak when it was injured. Yeah. I've seen it spark, seen it do all that sure, fun sure. stuff, but I've never actually Heard seen, it like... scream when it was getting tortured yeah. for some reason. A blood trail was basically what that pain? was. I don't know. That seems highly illogical. It's uh, cool. How do you know? You're, it's like in Westworld. Like, yeah. They just seem more alive if they're hurt. <laughs> but yeah, this... Westworld is a whole other ball of wax. Yeah. But this, this episode was so much fun and it had, as, as you were saying, a little bit of everything. Very well-rounded for what could have been a phoned-in filler episode, they really made it count. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, as an episode that focuses on characters that don't get a lot of limelight, I really appreciated that. Yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward to Thrawn calling Vader up. <laughs> I want to see the two of them in a room and understand what that dynamic is. Yeah, like. I would love to see yes. that. Um, I, I have a lot of questions. Is Thrawn like very humbled and like is is there one person that hmm. Thrawn feels like you know humbled before, or is this like you know Vader's right hand guy? And it's like I don't know, you know, because Thrawn seems like the only fully capable person in uh, uh, in the Empire of yeah. Vader. Like, everybody else does good, they're passable at their jobs here and there, or they just completely suck, but Thrawn is, like, full-on sure. enforcer, so I really want to see what the dynamic is like, and I'm hoping that before we get to Callus' death, we get the two of them. Well, the thing yeah. is, Vader's not the big bad of the series, he's the dragon. Yeah. He yeah. is meant to be the enforcer, he's meant to be the muscle, and so he and Thrawn would have very, very different roles because Thrawn has something akin to the Emperor's role, the strategy, right. the orders, the not really getting his hands dirty the all that much. He has right. other people who are built to do that sure. do it for him. Right. So I'd imagine he would respect Vader in so much as Vader is the right hand man of Grand Moff Tarkin, the Emperor, etc. Right. But I don't yeah. think there would be a deference thing. There'd be a you're very good at what you do. Yeah. But what you do is not what I do. Yeah, so. I think that's definitely a much more interesting angle. Yeah, I think they're both 
like pieces of the imperial machine. You know what I mean? Like they're, I would say in terms of like their sort of role within the empire, like they're on equal footing, but have totally different purposes. Yeah. It's the so, same way that you respect Michelle Obama, but she's not the president. Right. <laughs> sure. Nah. Uh, she's still pretty dang awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're, re- you're thinking again of like people who have different titles yes. and perform different functions, but like in terms of the tier, they're, they're on the yeah. same level. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, it's very near the top for oh, both of yeah. them. Um, but again, like, yeah, they do. They they fulfill completely different roles. But I also don't think that. Be, I mean, we've established. Obviously, this is happening sometime not long before the events of Rogue One, and then ultimately um, Star Wars: A New Hope. Mm-hmm. So we and we have seen Vader in this show, and and it's season so two, yeah. season two had a huge conclusion with Vader in it. And so I I think that you can't ignore the fact that Vader is at large. That will be disappointing for me if we never see Vader and Thrawn interact. Again, yes. it's not going to ruin the show for me, mm-hmm. but I I would be disappointed it's, if we never got to see what that dynamic is. It's not necessary. Correct. But um, it'd be glorious. But yes, it's, yeah. it's one of those things in the same way that like the Darth Maul Obi-Wan confrontation isn't right. necessary. But damn, but we're it. Come on. Yeah. I come would love on. to so see ready. Thrawn get permission to use Vader in one of his plans. Mm. Just call up Grand Moff Tarkin and be like, okay, I have this plan. Here's all the pieces. Here's where it is. Can I stick Vader in here? Does he have an opening on Thursday at 5? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just something like that, because that is a really good ace in the hole to have. Yeah. And Thrawn has, I'm sure he has all sorts of aces in all sorts of holes hidden all sorts of everywhere, but mm-hmm. that's that's the big one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I wanted to uh, give, give a shout out to the person who left us our uh, latest iTunes review. Again, guys, leaving us reviews on iTunes makes us look good. It makes us look good to our producers. It makes, makes them, us feel good. It does. It, it does. makes us feel It also great. bumps us up in the podcast ratings so more people find us. Exactly. Yay! Uh, so, so keep doing what you're doing. You guys are doing an awesome job. Uh, so our, our latest iTunes review. <laughs> so we always say on the podcast, like, oh, we'll give you a shout out because we like it when you say nice things about us. So we want to say nice things about you. So this review is simply entitled Nice Things. <laughs> it is five stars from uh, Boom Furball or BM Furball. I, I don't know how you would like me to I say your name, but that's what it is. I want to Furball because BM Furball really creeps me out. Yep. But thank you for your nice things. Yes, and literally all it is is a smiley face emoji. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> Short, simple, to the point. Yep. Way, way to take us literally. I adore it. That's fantastic. Uh, I also want to give a a shout out to uh, Megan on Twitter who sent us uh, basically like breakdowns of the script with what Chopper is saying, quote unquote. I need that in my life. I want to go through and find all the scripts for these past two seasons and just read them to see what the sass is. Yes. I love it. I want it. Yes. And she also sent me uh, her review uh, of the last episode, which is very in-depth and in two parts. Uh, and so, Ooh. yeah, I, I recommend uh, checking that out because, I mean, that's that's kind of the great thing about having the after show spaces. You know, we're, we're kind of able to, you know, share our thoughts with each other and you guys get to hear our thoughts on it, but we love to hear your thoughts, too. Exactly. So, you know, tweet at us. Send us things. 
Get in the chat. Leave us iTunes reviews. That's what we say. Make stick figure fan art. We love it. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Make gifts, guys. We love gifts. I <laughs> love gifts of my face so much. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, let's do some quick predictions and then we'll wrap things up here. Dark Saber. Oh, we're, we're getting oh. some reflections. Oh, 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 There's a transmission <laughs> coming in from Fulcrum. <laughs> transmission. Surprise, uh, it's me. Uh, <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers, sorry. Guys. <laughs> Should have put that spoiler warning up. Uh, anyway, yes, Darksaber, Katie. Ah! Uh, <laughs> uh, there's just, we didn't manage to find the episode preview, but we did find a clip that Disney released talking mm-hmm. about the history of the Darksaber. Ooh. And it's just like, hello, yes, I think I need this in my life yeah. more than I already have it. Let's do this. I'm yeah. down. And having seen some episodes of Clone Wars about the Darksaber. Yes, we did our homework. Thank you. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, it's so cool to think that Sabine is the one that this legacy has not necessarily been passed down to, although it is kind of her birthright yeah. anyway. So it's nice that she can sort of, you know, not necessarily tr- like they didn't think they were going to find it when they were went off with Darth Maul, but like that this has come back to her and that it is something kind of like it's the closest thing we'll get to like destiny, you know, from any of these characters. Yeah. Like we get with like it was Anakin's destiny to do this and it was Luke's destiny to do this. Sure. It's really cool to think that it's Sabine's destiny to like wield this but saber. I kind of like that it's more of a, a like familial inheritance. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Rather Her than birthright. like rather than like the force says that this is what you should be. It's like, nah, this is like, you're right, because, you know, you're... This is your family legacy. Your family went to all these lengths to, like, steal this thing, so (laughs) it's yours now. It used to belong to the Jedi, and then the Mandalorian stole it back, and then the Sith kind of stole it. I want to know more about Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah. I I really feel like the Mandalorian episodes of Clone Wars are some of my favorite they really, moments ever. I mean, girl, yes. They're so they're so <laughs> badass. Excuse yeah. my language. Well, no, it's fine. And, and I mean, especially one of the things that, you know, was so, so interesting about the way that they handled Mandalorians in Clone Wars was the fact that, you know, for the majority of the series, Duchess Satine is the one who is in power. And so yes, you have yes. the new Mandalorians, which is completely against every Mandalorian principle. Yes. And so it was just such an interesting dynamic. It was cool to see, even as they were trying to obtain peace, they're still internally conflicted and at war with one another. Yes. And now to see how Sabine, who's like, has just fled that whole mentality and is like, I want nothing to do with you, to be so drawn back to a piece of her culture. Like, oh, I'm so excited. I love Sabine. And this, I think it's going to be a lot of fun yeah. to see how this plays with her emotions. Because I think I'm ready to see her in a new arc. I like, agree. I feel yes. like she's done her whole, like, rebellious period. Sure. We've seen her artistic side develop. We've seen her become a really great member of the team and yeah. potential leader in the future. But now I want to see, see her, her get a jetpack. Yeah. Yes. It's dope. And now I want to see her deal with some interpersonal conflict. Yeah. I, I mean, that that's the thing. It, it, it's totally the next step in her character development. And like, what a great character. You yes. know? Just like we've seen 
so much great stuff out of her already and it looks like you know this season is just going to take her to that yeah. next level and she will not disappoint. I agree. I feel like and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I feel like this is where we're going to see the most change for her. Yes, yes. As awesome as she's been, she hasn't really changed. The circumstances have changed. Sure, but sure. She is and a she's person grown has stayed, with yeah, the circumstances. Sure, exactly. But she as a person has maintained who she is throughout this whole ordeal. I feel like this is very much going to be her growing up. Yeah. And it's so oh, cool. I just, really want Sabine's friend to come back to the one with the shaved head. Oh, yes. uh, Ketsuonyo? She is amazing. Obviously. Yes. Everybody yes. needs all the Gina Torres in their lives Best. all the time. Yeah. Hashtag truth. So bring her back. <laughs> that's that's not a prediction. That's a wish. Just a request. <laughs> yes. Please. Yes. I know it was like animated a long, it was re- voices recorded a long time ago and animated a long time ago, but please bring back, back Ketsuonyo. Season four wish list. Yes. Uh, and with that, I think that's a, that's a great place to uh, wrap this episode up. So, uh, thanks guys for watching. Uh, you're all awesome. Yes. Katie, what's what's going on with you? Where can people find you on the internet? and You whatnots? can find me all over the social medias and on YouTube at Kiaxet, that is K-I-A-X-E-T. You can also find me on the Snapchat at Kia Prime, which I guess counts as a social media, but is still different. Sure. Um, most of my shows are still on hiatus. Voltron starts next week, Sunday Yay. at, I believe, 3 p.m. Uh, we're doing the premiere. It's either 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. 2 or 3, we'll, we'll keep you updated. <laughs> and then we're yeah. switching to Thursdays at, I believe, 9. 9, so, yes. That's going to be a thing. I am super excited. Uh, Ruby is also going to be next week. And everything else is coming in the week after that. Yay! Yay. Hiatus Megan Salinas! Hey guys, I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. And I write articles for the movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Joelle Monique! Hey guys, I'm Joelle Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joelle Monique and everyweekatblackgirlnerds.com. If you go over to my Twitter page right now, you can find out why I thought TV beat film in 2016. Uh, also, uh, I've got a lot of shows coming up. Incorporated on Wednesdays, The Magicians is coming right around the corner, and I'm so excited if sci-fi is your your jam. Uh, uh, there are more. You can check the schedule. I'm around. <laughs> uh, and I'm Emma Fife. I can be found all over the internet wherever Emma Fife's are sold at my name, Emma Fife. Uh, we have two more episodes of the Yuri on Ice after show, uh, which oh. is Mondays at 7 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have like a really delicious treat involved, so oh. totally tune in for that. It's going to be super fun. Uh, also, uh, if you guys like Star Wars, you all like Star Wars, you're watching the show. Uh, be sure to tune in on Friday nights at 9 o'clock p.m. to Hyper RPG's Twitch channel. That is twitch.tv slash Hyper RPG to watch me participate in a tabletop Star Wars role-playing game based on the Edge of the Empire system from Fantasy Flights entitled Pencils and Parsecs. I am realizing more and more just how very inspired by Sabine my character actually is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you again, guys, so much for watching. You're all awesome. Remember, you can keep tweeting at us throughout the week, all your thoughts and feelings on Star Wars using that hashtag ABTVRebels, and we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Bye! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Be with you. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 